You're listening to Icebreakers, the podcast exploring all things Canadian and Eurasian, business, culture, and personalities. The series is produced by Serba, the Canada-Eurasia-Russia Business Association. We're a non-profit supporting trade, investment, and good relations between Canada and the countries of Eurasia. I'm your host, Nathan Hunt, one of the founders of Serba and former chairman of the National Board. I invite you to tune in regularly for valuable insights relating to the region. Good morning. I'm joined today by Darren Dietz, Canadian-born professional ice hockey defenseman. He's currently playing at CSKA Moscow, the uh, Central Army team, and until quite recently served as captain of the Baris uh, Sultan team based in Kazakhstan. Both teams are, of course, in the Continental Hockey League, the KHL. Uh, Darren's professional career started with the Alberta-based Medicine Hat Tigers hockey team leading him to be drafted later for the Saskatoon Blades and still later the Montreal Canadiens. Five years ago, he was signed with uh, Kazakhstani Baris Hockey Club, within which he was named KHL Defenseman of the Year in the 2018-19 season and named a, Canadian, uh, sorry, a Kazakh hockey legend in the local history of sports archive by the Kazakhstani media. Captain of the team until you were traded about a week ago to uh, to Moscow, and that was a shock for all of us. It must have been a bit of a shock for you, Darren. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's certainly uh, turned my world upside down. Um, we know that that's part of the business when you're a hockey player, and that can happen uh, at a moment's notice. And uh, yeah, that happened to me. Well, you know, half of these questions were going to be about what, what's it like living in Kazakhstan. You're no longer living in Kazakhstan, so. <laughs> You know what I love, I love talking about Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan had a great time there. Um, had a lot of great years there, so uh, I love sharing my experience. Now, who did you live? Do you live with family there? Who, who did you live with when you were in uh, Nur Sultan? Yeah, I lived. I uh, lived with my girlfriend. Um, we both uh, just had an apartment uh, in town, and, and that's where we lived and carried on our life. What was it like living in Nur Sultan? You know, the 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 city uh, has fabulous architecture. The skyline is uh, astounding, but what was it actually like living in the city for uh, the better part of five years? You know, a lot of people ask me that, wanting to hear, you know, something really cool or super, something extremely extraordinary uh, from what life is in Canada. But honestly, I don't have anything uh, really out of the ordinary to say in that regard. Uh, It's a pretty, pretty standard living situation. We, most foreign players, we all lived in a complex called Highville. There's maybe five or six uh, very large apartment buildings and complexes that are fully equipped with restaurants, grocery stores, daycares, schools are close by. So it's really, um, you know, everything you need right close. Um, it was about a 20 minute drive from the arena. So a quick, uh, jaunt across the city uh, to the arena and back and, um, you know, really comfortable living, uh, set up in conditions for us. Kind of a clean, compact existence. Exactly. You got everything you need at your fingertips. It sounds like. That's right. Now, Darren, you're originally from Alberta. Where in Alberta? Because I don't have that in my notes. I'm from Medicine Hat, small town Medicine Hat. Oh, you're from Medicine Hat, hence the Medicine Hat Tigers. There you go. Yeah, that's right. That's where it all started for me. Amazing. What league was that? That would have been, uh, I. you know what, Western League I played in Saskatoon. So before that, it would have been um, just minor hockey, uh, I believe, midget AAA. Oh, it was the Alberta Elite Hockey League, wasn't it? That might even have been Bantam, so I'd have been age 14, 15, actually, at that time. 
Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And how old were you when you when you made the move to Saskatoon to the Western Hockey League? Um, I was 16. 16, I think. 16. So still quite young. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's um, you know, part of the experience of being a hockey player. Uh, a lot of us leave home really quite early, uh, chasing our dreams, chasing our career. And then on to Hamilton from there, as I recall? Yeah, so then after that, I was uh, drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. Um, their farm team, our American Hockey League affiliate at that time, was the Hamilton Bulldogs. And that's at age 20, I turned professional and um, started my pro career in Hamilton. And that was, um, yeah, my first time in Eastern Canada, uh, getting to live uh, in the GTA area in Hamilton and, and starting to um, get the feel of what real professional hockey was like uh, day in, day out. And um, it, it was an amazing time as well. You lived in the decadent East, finally. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And it must have been a dream come true to be drafted by the, the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, that's uh, one of the greatest teams in, in the world. Let's, uh, let's face it. What, what was that like? Oh, I was, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, that's the only way to say it is a dream come true. Uh, for any Canadian player to be drafted at all, that's, that's the goal. That's the dream. So I wouldn't say we're picky by any means on what team. But for it to be a, a storied franchise like the Montreal Canadiens, just a, an absolute first-class organization that I don't even know how to explain. You, you walk in, just all the dressing room, wow. The facilities, the training staff, um, it was like, wow, I'm at the big time. This is unbelievable. And it was like that for, well, they treated us that way in the American League as well. So just that organization in general, I think, for me to be a part of that, knowing what I know now, fast forward, not organizations, not all organizations are like that. And in, in Montreal, um, you know, they really do try and provide everything they absolutely can uh, for their team to succeed. They, they take care of you, it sounds like. They take care of you very well. Well, that's, that's good to hear. So I got to ask about the transition. Uh, you were in the NHL. You went to the KHL. What what was behind that? What was your your thinking, your reasoning? What were you? Uh, I don't know. Wary of that decision? Did you ever second guess that? What uh, what was behind that decision, and what prompted you to make the move? Well, for me, in my third year uh, of my contract with Montreal, um, I'd finally uh, cracked the lineup with the Canadians and finished the year playing um, really only thirteen games. So it was a cup of coffee for me. But I felt like I was ready. I was twenty three years old. Um, I felt like I was ready in my chance um, and was able to uh, finish the season there in Montreal. That year, uh, my contract expired and uh, the team went in a different direction. They released me to free agency, in which I then signed with the Washington Capitals, uh, trying to crack their roster. Now, I was unsuccessful in doing so. That year, they ended up winning the Stanley Cup, really strong team. I was unable to, to make it. And uh, for me, Avichkin plays for them, we know. That's right, that's right. So, um, and at that point, our, our beloved son. <laughs> and at that point, I'd played four years, um, for the majority of four years in the minor league. And uh, I was searching for something different. I felt like my development as a player and person had maybe started to regress. And I was searching for just a different experience. And that's when the opportunity uh, to come came up to play uh, in the KHL. Now, I didn't know exactly where at the time, um, but I agreed uh, with my agent in discussions with him that I would like to pursue any opportunity available. Um, a few weeks later, because the seasons are not quite lined up, uh, the North American season and the KHL season, they, they're about a month, uh, month off. And, oh, are they? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So a couple of special dates, let's say like the free agency dates and uh, training camp dates, they, they move a little bit. Okay. So I made a little bit and I'd got news that there was an opportunity for me to move to 
Astana, Kazakhstan at the time for berries. And, um, you know, right away I kind of had a, this pause. <laughs> Kind of what? Of course, Kazakhstan. I mean, I was thinking Russia. Yeah, you got to re, you got to rewatch Borat before you move to that well, country, right? You know, and I'm thinking I'd watch the movie, and I mean, of course, it's just a movie; it doesn't reflect it. But I, you know, there's still some some thoughts uh, in your mind, right? Anyway, the phone goes silent a little bit. Uh, agent just says to me, Darren, um, it's a really good offer. It's a really good team. I think you should strongly consider it. Spend some time on Google and uh, get back to me but not too long i mean we're talking 48 hours maximum well and i'm gonna i'm gonna pry here i don't need any numbers but i've heard that the khl is a pretty generous organization when it comes to attracting players yeah it is uh it, it definitely is um there was a definitely a financial factor that played a major role as far as uh, it didn't my, hurt a bit i bet it, it it's it wasn't uh it wasn't bad that way as far as a, a player had only played in the minors you're definitely looking at uh salary or paycheck when you move overseas for sure so you made the i i get the impression that that uh you were a darling of the team the kazakhstan media loved you they named you a kazakh legend of sport or something i'm not quite sure what what that uh what that award is about or what that uh, appellation uh, carries with it but i have to ask you uh, it seems like you were well accepted when you arrived yeah you know what um when i arrived that first year it, it uh we had a really great team had a great start they're surrounded by what I would call some true legends of Kazakhstan and Kevin Dahlman, uh, Nigel Boz, uh, Henrik Carlson, some guys who were really experienced in the KHL. And they played a big role in taking me uh, under their wing. I was just a young guy, 24 years old now, and uh, really showing me the ropes, teaching me what the, the league is like, and made, made me feel comfortable uh, in my surroundings. And being comfortable, of course, um, allows you to perform um, at a high level. Big thanks to them in helping me. Um, get my footing in Kazakhstan as well. We had a really young group, a young team. Uh, so that helped me fit in just with the other guys. Uh, what's interesting is, um, you know, a 24 year old guy from uh, Canada and Kazakhstan got a whole lot of similarities. Even if you can't speak uh, together or communicate through language, uh, so to speak, there's still body language and lots of other ways to, to communicate and have fun together. So I was able to um, gel in with the team really quite quickly and that helped me perform on ice. Well, and you became a leader. You know, you keep talking about how young and green you were, which kind of uh, surprises me because you became captain of the team quite uh, fairly soon. Did I get that wrong or how did that happen? Uh, yeah, it, it was um, – I played two full seasons with the team. And then in that third season, uh, I was named captain of the team and um, that I'm, I'm really proud of to have the respect of your peers uh, in the dressing room as well as others. But along with it came some, you know, very serious um, – responsibilities. There it is. I had some uh, very big responsibilities that came along with that. Well, okay. I want to talk about the Russian language, but let's, let's, let's follow this line first. You said some very big responsibilities. What responsibilities came along with being captain? Uh, well, when you're captain uh, of any team or of any organization, so to speak, um, you answer to the media directly. After the game, they want to know why you won or why you lost. And you're the one who has to go and answer for it. <laughs> you and I, before we started recording, you used the word pounce. The media <laughs> yeah, like to right. pounce. <laughs> I think you said. <laughs> that's right. So, um, you know, you're the one who goes out. You're the face of the team. You have to answer for that. You also are in charge of controlling the dressing room a little bit. So there's a message from the coaching staff that always is going to come down. But it's your job to make sure that that message goes right through to every player in the dressing room. Because you don't want to have a separation where the coaches are saying one thing 
but maybe a group of players are divided and don't agree. Or, so as a captain, it's your job to make sure that everyone is on board and agrees with what's going on. That's not always the easiest thing to do. <laughs> There's uh, 20, 22, 23 different guys on any hockey team. And in this case, from many different countries as well, speaking many different languages. So that's quite a task sometimes to get everyone on board. Did you find yourself involved in discipline? You had to discipline this player, discipline that player, because you're 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 the captain. Well, I don't want to use the word discipline, but um, there <laughs> are different approaches you try and take um, to try to persuade players, let's say, to to believe in what's going on if they're not, or it may even be you see something. Um, and a teammate, he's, he just seems off. You're not sure what it is. Maybe it's something at home. Maybe it's he's just not comfortable. Maybe he doesn't feel comfortable in the position he's playing on the team. You can be that that person that uh, speaks with him and then maybe passes that message on to the coaching staff in, in a positive way to get the best at everyone. So that's kind of the role you play uh, in the room. Team psychologist. A little bit like that. There, there are, there are some points that, of course, I have no training and would not call myself a psychologist in any way. But there, a little bit that goes around. Well, you seem to have done all right in the the last. Uh, what were you? Three years a captain or two years? What, uh, three. Yeah, three full seasons I served as captain. Three yeah. full seasons as a captain. Amazing. Now you touched on the Russian language issue. We know that uh, Russia is pretty much the lingua franca in in Kazakhstan. All Kazakhs speak Russian. And they tend to speak it among themselves, although they, they, there is a, a beautiful uh, ancient language, the, the Kazakh language itself. But they tend to speak Russian in, in most uh, day-to-day settings. Am I right? Do I, do I have that wrong, perhaps? Yeah, no, that, that, that's absolutely fair to say. Um, of course, different in the city, it's being uh, very bilingual. So it can be compared to, say, like Ottawa or Montreal, where you're going to see both French language and English language. Um, Nur Sultan and, um, is very much like that as well. Uh, but in our dressing room, in our locker room, uh, it was always in Russian language. Now, did you have any background in Russian? You must have had no background. or Did you study it at all? I had zero. Zero background at all. Actually, one day I had been in, in the city about a week. I just found my apartment and was just walking around trying to you know, get my footing. And uh, like I would mentioned, it was a really great um, living quarters, uh, living zone. And I stumbled across uh, a Russian language school. There it said in English letters, want to learn Russian? And I thought to myself, <laughs> yes, <"Hey, laughs> yes, that might come in handy. I, I've been a few days into it now and, you know, uh, we had a translator that would translate a few things. So we, we knew what was going on and, you know, hockey, they can draw things on a board and you, you know where you're supposed to be going and what you're supposed to do. But I just thought to myself, oh, I really like to you know, take my experience to the next level, be able to communicate with teammates and have a little bit more of a life off the ice, it sure wouldn't hurt to take a few lessons and, you know, try at least. And uh, so there, there I went. Now I'll ask another personal question. Is your girlfriend Canadian or is she, is she local? Kazakh or Russian? No, she's, uh, she's local, local, uh, local Kazakh. Yeah. We met, we met. Okay. So there's a little Russian practice right there. There you go. Right. Never hurts. So now at home, now it's funny. So now at home, fast forward five years, uh, at home on weekdays, uh, we speak Russian between uh, each other. And on the weekdays, we speak English. Or sorry, weekends. I, I said that wrong. On weekdays, we speak English. And on uh, weekends, we speak Russian. Oh, my God. I cut that because I got it backwards again. <laughs> Have you been drinking this morning, Darren? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it is. It is it's it's it evening is in Moscow. Oh, I forgot. Yes. Oh, 
no, I got a, I got a game tomorrow. So no, no, I'm okay. not. So, uh, <laughs> I'll rephrase that again. Um, during the week, we speak Russian amongst each other. And on the weekends, we speak English. Interesting. Now, did your girlfriend speak English before you were together? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so she she's, um, her level of English is uh, quite a bit higher than mine in Russian, I would say. So uh, I heard you say the word advistinist, which is not the easiest of Russian words. You, your, your Russian seems to be pretty decent, I'm, I'm going to guess. Uh, you know what? I, I can live daily in Russia or in Russian-speaking country with, without English. I, I don't need to rely on, on my English anymore. Говоришь нормально по-русски уже. Нормально говорю, да. There you have it. There you have it. Now, I got to ask about the move. You know, these moves are just, uh, these trades are just savage. I mean, they really are. They uproot you. I think you had like 48 hours notice. Get your stuff together and get out of here. Was it, it's, it's, uh, it's ruthless, the, the speed at which these things take place, is it not? Yeah, you know what, it, it is. And there usually is a point in the year, and that's right around two to three weeks inside the trade deadline. So there's a trade deadline every year where after that moment in time, no longer, trades cannot happen. So teams, they like to see where they're at, and other teams are looking to strengthen, add players. Other teams are, you know, who knows, looking to build for next year if they feel like they can acquire an asset for a player. So once you get inside the month, uh, that December month, everyone becomes alert because you know there's a possibility that movement could happen. And, um, you know, it's been a long time for me, five years, uh, right, right in one team where I had, let's say, made it through. Made it through that that trade deadline period, and uh, this year, not so. Well, and you had some hints. You were telling before we started recording. What what were your hints? Well, you were talking about that. The media here um, is pretty crazy. So you start to hear rumors through the the media, but nothing concrete. And you know what they say: where there's smoke, there's fire. Yep. Um. So I started to see in the press. Um, you know, some, some comments talking that there were teams interested, that there were offers being made for me. But of course, it's kind of an awkward thing. You're not exactly speaking with the management of your club if there's any truth or anything not. You kind of just stay focused, do your job, show up, do your job every day until you're told um, not to. And um, that's what ended up happening. You know, Bar Baris is a, is a fine club. They're out of Kazakhstan. But I got to tell you, in the KHL, CSKA is the golden jewel. I mean, they're, they're, one of the top, they're one of the top teams, if not number one. Absolutely. I mean, this is a bit of an honor for you to join that team. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm absolutely thrilled. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Again, like you said, uh, I love my time in Barry's, uh, my time in, in Kazakhstan, my time in Nur Sultan. But uh, the move to Ceska is definitely, um, it's a first-class organization in this league. The legendary Red Army team. That's what we're talking about here. And when we talk about... This is the real thing. Yeah, when we talk about hockey in Russia, it's the Soviet Red Army team that comes up. And that's where this, the roots of this team come from. Listen to my podcast with uh, hockey legend uh, Vladislav Tretiak. He played for Ceska, you know? There you go. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So that's exactly when we talk about... Russian hockey in Canada, that's what comes up, the CSKA. So for me to have the opportunity to play here, I'm absolutely thrilled. And, uh, of course, so far it's been about two weeks I've been here, but nothing's uh, disappointed as far as um, the level of preparation, the first-class organization that it is. Um, I've been treated so well, and everyone has welcomed me here and made me feel a part of the family, part of the team. 
and um, we're moving forward every day with uh, the gold winning that it's, cup. It's none of my business now. You're, you're talking hockey, and I'm going to talk personal. Is your girlfriend okay with this move? Is she uh, was she uprooted? Maybe she had a job. How is she going to take this? Uh, absolutely. You know what? Um, that's the thing about these moves. It uproots your entire family. Uh, for her, uh, that that meant her as well. So she's here with me, but she's been nothing but supportive. And um, really made the transition easier for me as well because you got to remember a lot of things go on. Um, looking for an apartment, um, just getting in a new area in a city like Moscow—that's not that easy for a foreigner if you don't have any help at all. And sure, I have a basic level of the language, but uh, it was nothing like having uh, her with me, taking care of everything, where I could really focus on my transition on ice. And she really took care of everything off ice. So. Without her, this transition would have been um, a whole heck of a lot harder. So uh, I'm really, really fortunate to have that kind of support. Well, it sounds like you are a fortunate man, and I commend you for that. You got a nickname, I heard. They call you Ptichka? <laughs> I mean, Birdie or something? Yeah, well, yeah. Tell us the story behind that. How, what does that mean? It means Birdie, birdie in English. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was my first year, and that nickname only stuck for about a year. I was lucky. Then it kind of went off but um i'd noticed some of the guys calling each other uh Petichka, scorpion which is like you know scorp scorpion um what else did i hear tiger um so some of these things they sound a little familiar to english and thinking tiger tiger scorp scorpion okay there might be something there and i kind of go hey guys like what's my name you know i want something right and then they all <laughs> laugh and they laugh and they're speaking i deserve a nickname too right? yeah yeah guys what can i have and they look at me and they laugh and um, and then they're speaking Russian amongst each other, and they just all agreed on Petichka. And, of course, at that time, I had no idea what that meant. But I just went, okay, Petichka. What? Yeah, Petichka. <laughs> and uh, away we went. So <laughs> that stuck for, you know, about a year, and then uh, that one faded away. But uh, it was, again, something nice that the guys did to make me feel a part of it. Now, I read I'm, – I'm switching gears back to Russian language. I read that you actually recited classic Russian poetry – uh, at one point at a, at a team meeting, or was it at the, at the all-star game in Moscow, you, you recited Pushkin. What did you, what did you read and how did you fit that into a hockey game of all things? Yeah. So, um, for those people who don't know the, the KHL all-star game is a massive fan show where, you know, it's not so much about the actual all-stars or what things are going on on the ice. It's more of a show. It's more for the fans to meet the players and get to know their personalities a little bit better. And they've had a lot of, you know, a lot of success with that. So for me, I actually learned the night before uh, I get a request, Darren, can you recite this Pushkin, Pushkin poem? Can you learn it? And I'm like, what? And they go, well, we heard that you're, you know, you're learning Russian language. It shouldn't be that hard. You know, you're just in the middle of the ice tomorrow. Uh, you just grab the microphone in front of, you know, 15,000 people and just recite a poem in, um, in Russian language. What do you think? <laughs> and, uh, of course, I was extremely. Said, are you kidding me? It's not my native tongue, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't be serious. But um, you know, I thought what a cool experience for me. Uh, one thing I do know about um, the language and Russian language and Russian people: it doesn't matter if you make mistakes. It doesn't matter if you sound goofy. The fact that you're trying, people here really, really respect that. Yep. So that kind of uh, relieved a lot of pressure from me. And I thought, oh, what the heck? It'll be a really cool opportunity and something I'll never forget. So the poem ended up being uh, Zin Neutra, or Winter Morning. And um, I was able to recite the, just the first paragraph, so it wasn't too many. It was four or five lines. 
and um yeah really oh but that's classic that's classic and and the russians appreciate so much when they see a foreigner taking the time and the effort to learn their language and uh it sounds like you learned it quite well i i I bet that warmed the hearts of of the russians listening to that yeah it was it was a really cool thing i i had a lot of positive feedback and cool memory and challenge for me as well good for you what do you see in common? Let's, let's talk about personalities. You lived in Kazakhstan. Russians are similar to Kazakhs. They're certainly not the same, but they're not that different either. What do you see uh, in common between Canadians and Kazakhs and Russians? Uh, a big thing for me would be um, how inviting people are, really how kind they are. And that's something that um, was maybe unexpected to me. As Canadians, we're world known, worldwide known, or I like to think we are anyway, as being really kind, um, welcoming, warming people. Right. So are Kazakhs and so are Russians. It's, it's really interesting once you get to, to, to know people, how um, they're willing to give you the shirt off their back to make you feel comfortable in the new settings, as long as you're showing the respect that you should, which isn't that the golden rule? So... Um, I've really found that um, there's so many things that are similar than actually non-similar. We have much more in common than uh, than that which divides us, I think. I, I agree. I, I agree with that, absolutely. Well, it's, that's great. And uh, it's amazing that somebody who uh, six years ago wasn't even looking at this part of the world has uh, really blended in so well. You've got the language, you've got the culture, you've just been drafted by one of the, well, you've just been traded to one of the best uh, teams in the league. Very impressive. What do you think about international sports cooperation? Are there any opportunities for uh, for more cooperation between the NHL and the KHL, between the leagues, between, uh, you know, perhaps national teams? What are your thoughts there? You know, I think that'd be something that's a really cool idea to have some sort of exhibition between NHL and KHL. There are There is a difference in level. Um, it's hard to compare because the style of game is very different. And, um, you know, bar none without, um, you know, the NHL is the best hockey league uh, on the planet. There's no doubt about that. But I think, um, especially in the eyes of North Americans, a lot of North American people believe that if you don't play in the NHL, you're not a good player or you are not a professional player. And I don't think there's enough respect or known of how good the level of hockey is in Europe. And uh, that includes, you know, the KHL, that includes the German league, the Swedish league, the, the league in Switzerland as well. Um, there's some, in Sweden, there's some high level hockey and high level hockey players playing there. And it would be really cool and interesting to see some sort of, um, I don't know, exhibition or tournament games of some sort. But of course, logistics are a major, major factor in that the NHL is big business and they operate on a business only regime as we're seeing now with even players not taking place in the Olympics. And so I think as far as anything like, yeah, it's all business. That's for sure. The NHL is not really interested in working with anybody but themselves. Um, that's been really quite clear over the last, mm-hmm. uh, last little yep. while. Yeah, we've dropped hints about uh, joint uh, exhibition games. Not interested. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. You said about that hockey is not just the NHL, however. I'm reminded how uh, just uh, three years ago, or it's been four years ago now, we inducted uh, Alexander Yakushev, the great uh, uh, forward from the Soviet team in the 1970s, to the, to the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. And some people said, how can you do that? He never played in the NHL. 
And uh, I love uh, Phil Esposito's comment to that, which is, this is the Hockey Hall of Fame, not the NHL Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's exactly right. That couldn't have been answered any better. There's a lot of people who contributed to the game of hockey worldwide that maybe didn't play in the NHL or aren't known for their contribution to the NHL. Well, that doesn't mean that they didn't have an exceptional contribution and to the growth of hockey. Yeah, Phil said that uh, Yakushev was one of the best players he met on the ice, bar none. We're off topic now, but I'll, since we're on the topic, I'll say, you know that this coming year is the 50th anniversary of the great super series between Canada and the Soviet Union from 1972. I'm going to guess that you don't remember that series. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have only seen highlights. And, um, you know, with that, I, I got the opportunity to, I feel like I remember it because I've seen highlights of certain things, but of course, uh, I don't. Yeah, but it's a, it's a tremendous... I don't want to say cultural memory. It's quite uh, uh, an heirloom heritage for both Canada and Russia and the people of the Soviet Union. That includes uh, the Kazakhs and the Uzbeks, everybody else who was, were cheering on the, the national team, the Soviet team in 1972. It was uh, simply an epic struggle between two of the greatest teams in the world, perhaps the greatest national teams in the world at the time. So uh, we're going to have some events to, to commemorate that this year. I hope that we can count on your participation and support. Absolutely. That would be fantastic uh, to be able to participate in, in something like that. So I got to ask you, what made you a leader? I mean, you are a leader. You were captain of the team. What is it that made you a leader? You know what? Um, I think everyone has the ability to be a leader. It's that choice or option to follow in what you believe is right. We all have that voice or that feeling in your gut when something's right or wrong. And a leader is just somebody who goes in that direction, regardless of, you know, maybe where the others are going. So it's just uh, inborn, you would say. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I feel like everyone has it, but not everyone listens to that voice inside. Interesting. That directs you, your gut that directs you. That's a good answer. Good answer. So, and my last question to you before we sign off, I got to ask, what does the future hold for Darren Dietz? Uh, you've just started at a new club. Uh, where, where, where do you see yourself in 2025, in 2030? What, what do you aspire to? What are your goals? Where do you want to go? You know, that's, a, that's an awesome question. And uh, one of the crazy things about my business in hockey is you never really know where it is. I know that I love the game. I know that I'll continue to play the game. And um, I hope that brings me success and that I'll bring a new chapter. Well, I've just opened a new chapter here in Moscow. I hope for that to continue. And, um, but really you never close doors on anything. You keep all your options open, you keep your loved ones close to you and, um, you kind of go wherever the wind takes you, so to speak. So whatever is in store for me, I'll be ready for it and accept it with open arms. Well, good for you. Good for you, Darren. I can tell you, it's been a real pleasure chatting today. We've been joined by Darren Dietz until recently, the captain of the Beres uh, Hockey Club out of Nur Sultan, the, the, the capital of Kazakhstan, and now very recently traded to the uh, CSKA Moscow team uh, as, a, as a defenseman. Darren, thank you so much for joining us, and we wish you the very, very, very best as you go forward in your career. Thank you so much, Nathan. It was a pleasure chatting and uh, sharing a little bit of my, uh, my experience with you. Thank you so much. Sure. You've been listening to Icebreakers, the podcast produced by Serba, a nonprofit business association supporting trade, investment, and good relations between Canada and the countries of Eurasia. 
If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can join our LinkedIn group to send questions to guests and find more information about the podcast series in general on our website at www.serbanet.org. Thanks for tuning in.